You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Well, good morning, everybody. It is great to have you here at Calvary. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Nick. I'm the lead pastor here. And for those watching online, thank you for joining us. Today is our Vision Sunday. You might be like, what in the world is that? I have no clue. Um, we typically, uh, kind of our rhythm as a church is we would have a vision meeting once a year where we kind of do it after service. And this year we thought, let's involve everybody. Why do it after service? Whether you're a catalyst here or not, you get to participate. So we have some exciting things that we're going to be sharing throughout uh, this morning. And for those who are catalysts, we ask that after service, we do have to vote on a few things. So if you can get your kids, if you have kids over in the kids' church, and get back over here, and uh, we're going to vote on a few things, and then we'll be done. It'll be a pretty brief uh, meeting. So thank you so much for joining us. Now, if you haven't been with us throughout this month, we've been going through this series, walking through the story of Esther. And, and uh, before we jump into some things that we're going to uh, share and celebrate, I want to kind of uh, close things out with that. You know, at the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, one of the problems that people were trying to solve was how to use electricity to light a home or a building. And uh, in 1802, Humphrey Davy invented the first electric light. Uh, But in spite of that, no one had been able to figure out how to uh, produce a light that was safe and reproducible, how to create something that could be marketed uh, broadly. And in the late 1800s, of course, we know this, Thomas Edison determined this was a problem he was going to solve. So from 1878 to 1880, Edison and his his associates worked uh, on thousands of different theories on how they could go about doing this. One particular day, Edison decided to try a carbonized cotton thread filament. When uh, voltage was put through it, it uh, let out this nice orange glow for about 15 hours. Uh, and, and it finally burned out. Uh, after more experiments, uh, he finally found sil- uh, filaments that could burn longer and longer with each test. And he was issued the patent for the light bulb. Uh, we still, some of us, like Edison bulbs in our home. They're really trendy and cool now, right? Um, uh, but, but this started because Thomas Edison saw a problem that most people for almost 100 years had tried to solve and didn't seem like they could. Uh, now, we might not be facing problems of how to harness electricity in a light bulb, but we face problems every day. And some, some of them can sometimes seem insurmountable, almost impossible to solve. Uh, And the challenge of of having a problem isn't simply the problem, it's how do we get to the solution? Like sometimes we can't even picture what the solution looks like or how we get to the other side of that solution. And and this month, we've been walking through this story of Esther that I mentioned, and and Esther, who is the queen of Persia, faced a pretty difficult problem. It was a dire situation. Uh, Her people, the Jews, were set to experience a genocide on this specific day that uh, had been decreed uh, by the king's second-in-command, a guy named Haman, uh, who tricked King Xerxes into issuing this decree. And and the date was randomly chosen as they rolled a die or a pour, uh, what was called a pour at that time. And and they chose this date that was 11 months out. Now, last week, if you were with us, we looked at how God, in a matter of a 24-hour period, flipped everything upside down. Esther's cousin Mordecai, had been uh, basically uh, chosen to be killed, impaled on a pole, and instead he gets ushered through the streets of Susa in a parade. Uh, then God took Haman, who was second in command, who, who had been the one that, that basically was going to have uh, Mordecai killed. Haman instead uh, experiences the same sentence, death sentence, that Mordecai was supposed to experience. So much had changed in such a very short period of time, but that still left this edict by King Xerxes, 11 months out. Now, uh, we don't understand this in America. In America, like if a law or something doesn't work, we can undo it, like we revoke that law. Well, in the Persian Empire, uh, the king was seen as deity, so he could never do anything wrong. Sounds a little crazy, but he, if he issued a law or an edict, he couldn't just say, that edict is no longer uh, valid. We're going to revoke that edict. So it, it created a little bit of a difficult situation. And, and, and to kind of pick up, I want to go to Esther chapter 9, 
verse 1 and see what transpired uh, about 11 months later. It says, On the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar, the edict commanded by the king was to be carried out. This is the day that they were going to, uh, everyone was empowered to kill all the Jews across the empire. On this day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them. Listen to this. But now the tables were turned and the Jews got the upper hand over those who hated them. I love some of the other translations. In the New Living Translation, it says, quite the opposite happened. Another translation says, the exact opposite happened. Or ESV, it says, the reverse occurred. So, so what happens here is kind of everything happens in a different order, a different way than it planned. Uh, but the question is, how in the world did this happen? How did the Jews who were, who were basically uh, commanded to be killed, how did they get spared? And I want to rewind to find out. Last week, we talked about how every good movie has a villain, and like the best moment oftentimes in the movie is when the villain gets what they have coming. Another one of my favorite parts of movies and stories is the surprise ending, like when everything's going one way and it ends up going the other way. Uh, and, and when things seem to be going one way, we love it when everything flips and goes in a different direction. The circumstances might be going one way, but they end up in an t- entirely different place. Can I tell you, God, God is the master of these kinds of stories in real life like of taking circumstances that seem impossible, unthinkable, inconceivable, and and flipping them upside down. He's remarkable at taking hopeless situations, situations where there's no chance of resolution, where everything seems destined to fail, where all the experts say something can't be done, and he proves them all wrong. I love how God does this. And and I would guess uh, that so many in this room or watching online, if we were to sit down and share our stories, there would be numerous stories today of how God has done this in our lives. How, how a young kid grows up in the home of an alcoholic whose grandpap is an alcoholic and, and they're on the same path to, 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 to fall right into alcohol abuse. And, and they're going to follow that family lineage. But God steps in and changes everything. Or a marriage is headed towards certain divorce. The, the lawyers are already secured. The plan is already in place. But then God intervenes and restores a marriage that no one thought could be saved. Or, or, or a single mom who loses her job becomes another COVID statistic. She's not sure how she'll make ends meet. The bills are piling up. There's no sign anything's going to change for the better. She feels like she's failed her kids just as her family's about to be evicted from a long trail of compounding issues. God shows up, provides her with a job, and a signing bonus that more than uh, covers what she needs. See, God is a God of the miraculous, the supernatural, the impossible. This is his specialty. And that ability to turn things around was on fine display in this story of Esther. Here's what it says, Esther chapter 8, verse 1. The same day, King Xerxes gave Queen Esther the estate of Haman. So Haman was a wealthy, wealthy man. If you remember early in the story, if you're with us, he was going to give millions of dollars of his own money to the, to the empire to have the Jews killed. He was a wealthy man. King Xerxes has now given the entire estate, all the resources of Haman, to Esther, the enemy of the Jews. And Mordecai came into the presence of the king, for Esther had told how he was related to her. The king took off his signet ring, which he had reclaimed from Haman and presented it to Mordecai. And Esther appointed him over Haman's estate. So what's happening here? All that was Haman's was now Mordecai's. The position, the influence, the resources, the prestige. The Jew that refused to bow, went public with his faith and stood his ground, experienced what should have never, ever happened, but God. Now, now th- this is all good and all, but, but what transpired affected Mordecai, but it didn't affect the rest of the Jews. The day the Jews dreaded, the day that was certainly, that they were going to be wiped off the face of the earth that was coming day by day, closer and closer, was still happening. And then Xerxes gives Mordecai the power to issue a new edict. Verse 8 of Esther 8 says, Now write another decree, And the king's name, on behalf of the Jews, as seems best to you. And seal it with the king's signet ring. For no document written in the king's name and sealed with his ring can be revoked. So he gives Mordecai the power to write a new edict. And this is uh, the new decree that Mordecai issues on behalf of the king. Verse 11, the king's decree gave the Jews in every city authority to unite to defend their lives. This was remarkable. 
Uh, this group of people that had been outcast, had been pushed aside, had been minimized, were now empowered, empowered to defend themselves. This new edict was issued in the third month, gave the Jews nine months to get ready. If you think about it, what a crazy turn of events. Some might say luck was falling in their favor, but I would say luck had absolutely nothing to do with it. God was working in their way. This is what happens when we lean into what God is doing, when we surrender to his plans and his purposes. And just listen to what was happening in the Jewish community. After that first edict was issued and, and, and uh, 11 months later, they were all going to basically lose their lives, where everyone around them, every community and city they lived in, was empowered, equipped, challenged, encouraged to kill any Jews they knew. This is how they responded in verse 3 of Esther. For in every province to which the edict and order of the king came, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, and wailing. Many lay in sackcloth, sackcloth and ashes. They were frightened, worried, concerned, anxious. Like the edict was to kill them. But now fast forward. In Esther chapter 8, verse 17, listen to this. In every province and in every city to which the edict, this is the second edict that Mordecai issued, Edict of the king came. There was joyous joy and gladness among the Jews with feasting and celebrating. How, how different, four chapters later, circumstances. Maybe you found yourself in, in Esther chapter 4, where everything looks impossible. The mountain before you is bigger than you can scale. The, the diagnosis, the situation at work, that relationship seems destined to fail. That things are spiraling out of control. You don't see how anything good could possibly come from what you're facing. If that's where you are today, can I beg you this morning, don't give in to despair. Don't let hopelessness win the day. The same God that could take this dire situation in Esther 4 and transform it into the joyous moment of Esther 8 can do it in your life. Relief is coming. Help is coming. The sun will shine again. Darkness will not prevail. It's easy to give up and give in, but let me challenge, challenge you with this. Don't assume you know the ending of the story when you're only in the middle of it. I, I love the encouragement of Hebrews chapter 12 in the New Testament. Verse 1, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And if you find yourself in the middle of the impossible, in the, the, the improbable story that you don't know how it turns out, I urge you to trust the author and finisher of the story. He's writing an ending that you could have never, ever imagined. And in the story of Esther, Listen to how things turned out. Yeah, Mordecai becomes the prime minister of Persia, <clears throat> receiving all that Haman once possessed. Yes, the Jews defended themselves on that day that they were supposed to be wiped out. But, but I love what transpired next. You see, this story doesn't simply end with a victory. It could end there, and this is awesome. Like most movies, like the victory, victories at the end is victorious, and the credits kind of start rolling. But this story, this real-life story, God had something more in store. Uh, you see, it would be a good ending if it ended in victory, but Mordecai had another idea. In verse 20 of Esther 9, it says, Mordecai recorded these events, and he sent letters to all the Jews throughout the provinces of King Xerxes, near and far, to have them celebrate annually the 14th and 15th days of the month of Adar, as the time when the Jews got relief from their enemies, and as the month when their sorrow was turned into joy and their mourning into a day of celebration, he wrote them to observe the days as days of feasting and joy and giving presents of food to one another and gifts to the poor. See, Mordecai established a holiday called Purim. Purim is a holiday that's still celebrated by Jews today. It's taking place in about a month and a half in the middle of March. It's the day they remember the moment God took their impossibilities and made it possible. It's, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a time where they celebrate with food and <clears throat> interact and share things. One of the <clears throat> more traditional things that is shared at, uh, at Purim by Jews still to this day is homentashen. Homentashen is a three-sided, uh, usually uh, cookie that's filled with, <clears throat> with jelly. It's a pastry. But what I think is really neat about this pastry is 
The jelly on the inside is kind of hidden below the surface, just as God, throughout the story of Esther, was kind of hidden below the surface. And, and just like God's powers at work in our own stories of redemption, but often out of sight, so the jelly is kind of baked inside and not as visible. And as we celebrate today, our Vision Sunday, this story of Esther, where things seem so impossible and God transforms and turns it around for good, this has been our story as a church. Over the last two years, we've faced challenges, obstacles, circumstances that would have been much easier just to give into, to accept what is and allow the impossibilities to overtake us. But that's not who we are as a church. That's not the Calvary way. You know what the Calvary way is? We are resilient people. We are just crazy enough to believe that God can still do impossible things. We we are sometimes just uh, unreasonable enough to try new things, to not give up, to keep pressing forward. You see, we are a Purim people. Uh, We know the end is never there until God says so. In fact, this isn't just a 2020, 2021 thing. This has been a characteristic of our church from the beginning. This year, we step into our 50th anniversary, uh, our 50 years of existence. And in a lot of ways, we close out the second of two really big chapters in our church's history. The first 25 years of our church's history, we were like on a rocket ship trajectory. Uh, we, we were building buildings that seemed totally out of place in this little community of Irwin at the time. In the span of only 11 years, in that 25-year chapter, first chapter, all of the major buildings on our property were built. The family center, the extension of the family center, which is everything to the left, this building, all of it built in an 11-year span. Uh, some uh, of our people even <clears throat> took money from their own mortgages, out, out on their own mortgages from their home homes to give towards those buildings. It was remarkable. And in fact, in the first 10 years of our church's existence, Calvary was one of the top 10 fastest growing churches in the entire American Assemblies of God. I mean, rocket ship. <clears throat> we grew from 75 people in 1972 to over 800 people by 1981. I mean, crazy stuff. And and the first chapter, first 25 years of our church's existence was exciting, thrilling. The second chapter, not so much. From 1997 to about 2000, our church, uh, in the span of those two, three years, lost over 500 people, over half a million dollars in income. If the first chapter was a rocket ship trajectory, the second chapter, the second 25 years, has been a painful struggle just to dig ourselves out of a hole that we found ourselves in in the late 1990s. From people to buildings to finances, we have walked through some very dark times. This year, though, we're starting a new chapter. We are a Purim people. The achievements of our past, the disappointments of our story only fuel the hope we have for our future. God isn't finished with our story yet. We are just getting started. And a new, exciting chapter that we're going to be sharing a lot more about today. You see, today, with our Vision Sunday, our hope is to highlight the incredible faithfulness of God over this last year, possibly similar to your own story. We had plenty of reasons as a church as to why this year should have been way worse than 2020. The circumstances didn't always lend themselves to an easy path forward. But God But God has been good. He's been faithful. He's always been present. Even when we didn't feel it, even when we didn't see it, he was working. And we want to shout from the mountaintops today about the goodness of a God that has kept our church moving forward, sustained us, and helped us to do what most pastors and churches said can't be done. Why? Because we step into the same spirit that you saw present with Mordecai and Esther. We're a Purim people. We don't count the end until God says so. We keep pushing and pressing. And today, over the next few moments, we want to share some of the stories, some of the exciting things that God has done. And then we're going to close out to share some really exciting things that are going to be happening in the coming uh, months and years. So let's uh, first kick off with a quick video update uh, from Calvary Kids and Pastor Ron. Good morning, Calvary Church. I am Pastor Ron, and you might not 
recognize me because I'm usually stuck in the back of the other building with um, little people. Everything is under control. No. Monsters. But for real, I am the next-gen pastor. From, from nursery to toddler up to even high school, those leaders report to me. Um, with the exception of elementary. I specifically oversee elementary and bring ministry to them. And what's going on over there is, is huge, is big, like as big as mm, this fish, right? Uh, but now that we're talking about fish, I am I'm a bit distracted because I like fishing. <laughs> that reminds me of, uh, of, of like Mr. Joe. He took me on his boat. That was, that was fun. I, I had a lot of fun catching this big boy. Boom! It was awesome, right? And then there was Mr. Justin. Like, he took me and we went and caught this big boy. Boom! Right? I loved it. Fish on! Ugh! And then there was uh, Mr. Chuck. We got this big boy. Yeah! Let's go! So, uh, I don't know how I got sidetracked with fishing, but hey, hey, if any of you guys want to go fishing with me, so let's, let's move on. Uh, let's actually talk about uh, kids' ministry and uh, not just how the kids' dads want to go fishing with me. So uh, other big things that are happening in Calvary Kids um, throughout the year and moving forward is our leadership team. It is getting big. It's, it's growing. Like just this last month, we had an all-leaders gathering. And do you want to guess how many signed up and showed up? and I had to feed them all Taco Bell. Taco Bell, right? We had over 30 adults show up and we did a whole training seminar with just our leadership team of four Calvary kids. And that's, that's awesome because in a time where churches are struggling with leaders, that is not something that we struggle with because people like you are serving and that's, that's where the big high five. Boom. And the next big thing that we're doing at Calvary Kids is we are pushing the envelope on what we can do with kids in ministry. That's right, pushing the envelope. Like most churches just take care of the kids. But that's not our calling. That's, that's not our vision. That is not our, our mission. We're here to lead your children into an overflowing life with Jesus. So when they come over there, we're not just playing patty cake and doing games. We're also giving your child an opportunity to receive Jesus. Because the truth is, is when I'm standing on the stage doing motions to a song or talking about the Bible, I'm looking at my child, little Logan. And when I see him trying to grasp the truth of the gospel, trying to make a decision about heaven and hell, it's no longer just him. I see many kids trying to make a decision about Jesus. So for example, one of the big things we did just not long ago is was we gave the children an opportunity to ask God about their calling to serve him. That's right, their calling. Like, Lord, why did you create me? What is my calling? One day when I grow up, what do you want me to do? Is it to be a missionary? Is it to be a pastor? Is it to be a doctor for the kingdom? And we asked the kids, to prepare for this big question. And they all came to the altar and they all began to ask God, what is my calling? And that is huge. That's what Calvary Kids is all about, is, is leading your child into an overflowing life with Jesus. And I am super excited on what the remainder of 2022 will do. So mom and dad, if you're willing, pray for us throughout the year because we're gonna continue to push the envelope on what is possible for the children here at Calvary. So awesome to see what God is doing through Calvary Kids, and uh, they're doing it right now, uh, all the kids over in the Family Center, and I know my kids, and I, I love what Pastor Ron and his team are doing. Uh, today we have with us Pastor, soon to be Pastor. I was like, hey. She's getting there. Uh, Rosemary, she is our youth director, and uh, you are me. in process. You're almost there. Working hard. So uh, you've been working. serving as youth director for over a year now. As you look back over this past year, what are you thankful for? 
Um, first of all, for the opportunity. I'm thankful that God had enough faith in me to think that this was what I was supposed to be doing. At first, I was terrified and did not think that that's what I was supposed to be doing. But uh, as soon as I jumped in, I knew that this is where I was meant to be. So I'm thankful just for the opportunity. But what I'm mostly thankful for is the children, the kids, the teens that come through that door every Sunday. I'm thankful that their parents trust me enough to help walk alongside them in their faith and to help them grow in their faith. And I'm just, I'm thankful that the students trust me enough to come to me and talk to me about things. I get text messages and phone calls throughout the week from them of just life updates. My boyfriend broke up with me. I failed my math test. I passed my math test. I got a boyfriend. And it's just really cool that they're like, yeah. they, they, they come to me with these things and they trust me enough to help them walk through them and figure them out. If someone's not uh, familiar, when does Calvary Student Ministries meet? So CSM meets every Sunday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. over in the Family Center in the large gathering room. Tonight, we actually have our hype night, which is something that I started last year. It's the last Sunday of every month. We have worship, sermon, there's food. Tonight, there's going to be tacos. Yes. I mean, who doesn't like Taco Bell? But yeah, it's just, it's awesome. But it happens every Sunday, 6 to 8. That's awesome. How how has God been moving uh, among the teens this last year? It's really cool to watch them figure out their calling. So Pastor Ron talks about how he has the kids pray about their calling and ask God like why they're there. And then when I get them and they walk through my door, it's cool to see that actually developing and happening and then figuring it out. Um, This past year, one of our students, Georgia Bossert, she has felt a calling on her life. She wants to be a pastor. She doesn't want to be a youth pastor. She doesn't want to be a kids pastor. She wants to be a lead pastor. And she is all in. And she, yeah, she, she's just, she's on fire for God. And it's amazing to just help guide her through that. And this past year, she had an event here at the church that was completely student ran. She planned it. I was just kind of here as support and to answer any questions she had, but she did it all on her own. And it was an enlightened event and it had students come from uh, around uh, different high schools in the area and they could come for this worship event and she preached a sermon and gave her a testimony and it was just, it's just really cool. So cool. It's just cool to see them getting just on fire for God yeah. and Jesus and their calling that's, and stepping into awesome. that. It's awesome. You're a good model and example for that for them. Thanks. So that's pretty cool. What are you excited about in this new year, 2022? I am excited, I think most for summer camp. So last year, it was my first experience at a youth summer camp across the board. Um, I never belonged to a youth group. I'd never been to a summer camp. I'd never been to a youth service, actually, fun fact, until I led one. So I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. There's a lot of YouTube videos, but I'm like, this is not it. But So that's been fun. But I'm excited for summer camp this year because I know what to expect, and I know how to utilize the tools that Pendel provides at the summer camp. And it was a great experience um, this past year, but I know that this year it's going to be even more amazing, and I hope that I get more students to yeah. sign up, and I'm just really hyping it up because it's such a big event that you can feel the spirit move in this room full of teens, and it's just, it's amazing. Well, it's been awesome to watch you grow, and you've taken so many strides forward as a leader and soon-to-be pastor, and uh, we're just so proud of you and excited to see what God's doing through CSM. Thank you for those Thank updates. You. So appreciate that. Yeah, of course. And uh, we have a quick video here uh, about why, why do we worship? Why do we do worship? So here's a quick video on that. got Pastor Jason up here, our worship and arts pastor, and uh, he's not really comfortable being up on the platform, but we kind of twisted his arm and I don't know what, got him up I don't here. I don't know what to do with my hands uh, without a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> you just go like this. That's all I do. Um, share with us, what, what do you oversee with worship and arts? Uh, people probably don't know what that means. Uh, I mean, you, you see up here leading worship, but, but what Yeah, what I mean, most arts? people think of worship as, you know, the music. 
Um, but um, really, my role is just our whole worship gathering, you know, our community gathering in worship, um, just setting it up for the, you know, environment for, for God to come and meet us and to work and to do things. So from the music, but also the technical production of everything and the live stream, as well as just kind of making sure everything's ready for our, uh, you know, for our gatherings, our services each Sunday. Um, and then I also uh, oversee the our kind of communications and marketing and media, you know, stuff like that too. So over the last couple of years, like digital ministry has become like more and more important. You know, we were only online for a stretch of time during, you know, beginning of the pandemic and all of that. What have you been doing or been able to see happen over this last year improve just with our digital expression of ministry? Yeah. Yeah, it really has. It's like the live stream, post-2020, you know, live stream and digital ministry is not an option anymore. It's a necessity. Um, you know, it was funny. It was like beginning of 2020, we were even asking, like, is this live stream thing still like, should we keep doing it? And then, you know, and then God God's, our God's like, here's your answer. Um, Okay. We've been doing it for, what, four or five years at that point? Yeah, thankfully, like, I was really thankful for that, that we had done the work and other people had even done work that I didn't do that set us up, that we were already live streaming. So, like, there were some churches that super had to pivot and had, you know, no live stream and had to make it. Ours was, hey, we, we have it, let's make it better. So, in 2020, um, you know, we did, like, more, like, big changes. You know, we added uh, equipment and cameras and, like, a new soundboard and stuff like that. Um, over this past year, it's been more of making like smaller tweaks that are, and are just trying to make a better quality, um, better quality experience for our live stream so that, you know, we've done smaller things to try to make sure it, it's like sounds decent. That's a big challenge on the live stream. Like, like if I make a video that like looks good, you know, here, it's going to kind of look good on your TV, but not necessarily with sound. So uh, with the help of, of Matt Whiteman and Rick Grace, uh, Rick Grace is in Florida right now, so... God bless him. Yeah, when he gets back, throw a snowball at him, okay, for missing out on this cold. But anyhow, um, and then say thank you for all the work that he's done. Yeah, but yeah. we've worked on that. We've also been working on uh, our, like, lighting would not like huge changes, but smaller changes to just make it, like, make things look better on video. Uh, there was even some equipment that we had, like, equipment that we replaced in 2020 Then we sold this year and then use the money to get like some new lights up there and stuff that are not super flashy. You may not even notice it, but making it so that like on our, our projectors, our new projectors, new projectors didn't, mind, yes. didn't notice. It's Nick's getting, he's getting big. a really big head these days, uh, isn't he? Um, and uh, uh, just so like everything looks clear and looks good. In. Thank you and, for zooming <laughs> <in>. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to start powdering though now ahead. Sorry if, if any one of you getting too much of a glare today so <laughs> yeah it's been, it's been more like small those smaller changes that are just trying to make better quality experience for you know in here and the live stream which continues to be really really important what are you looking forward to this year uh this year i'm really just continuing to like grow uh grow our team you know grow um with our our production team we're trying to make some things like maybe we're looking at maybe we could add another camera and like have more cameras and there's always uh, opportunity to grow in there and, you know, just grow our team, grow other leaders, um, and also, you know, figure out, like, it's been a big shift, you know, of how we do ministry from the importance of digital and figuring that out alongside with, uh, with my team and with other leaders. Um, yeah. One of the people that joined us this year that was really exciting was uh, Crystal Rose, our communications director. She joined us in, uh, in May Actually, uh, she joined us two weeks before I went on sabbatical. So it was like, here, you're training. I'm going to be gone for a month. Have fun. Yes. But she did a great job, and she's yeah. continued to do a great job. Yeah. And um, she's great at, like, diving into, you know, the, like, the depths of how do we effectively, like, use social media and use communication and stuff like that. Which is awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. It's going to be a really awesome year and the things that transpire. Thanks for all that you do and uh, for continuing to build your Glad team. You know, if you're, if you're looking to be part of a, a cool team, production team isn't visible. They're up there right now. 
behind a computer and doing things. You don't have to be a tech expert or know everything. No, but if you like working behind the scenes and... It's a great opportunity and, to be part of, yeah. uh, of what we're doing here. So uh, thank you so much for all that you're doing, Jason. Uh, next, we have an update. Uh, one of the things that is important as part of our church is our finances. And you might be like, well, I'm not a catalyst here. Well, we want to be an open book and share some exciting things that God has been doing just financially through uh, our church. So here's a quick video of Pastor Delana with some of those financial updates. Hi, my name is Pastor Delana, and I'm the operations pastor here at Calvary Church. And in my role, I get to oversee the finances of our church, the preschool, and any of our other ministries. So today, I just want to walk you through a high-level overview of our 2021 finances. So in front of you, you might have the full uh, financial statements. If you're familiar with reading those, go ahead and look through those. If that's not your thing, we also have the easy-to-read booklet that has our finances in it as well. Um, the financial reports are based on assets, um, so all of you that are familiar with that will know how that works. The ones in the booklet are cash-based, so you get to see the incoming and outgoing cash flow of our church, preschool, and other ministries. So one of the big first celebrations I have for you is that our general tithe number for the church was over $631,000. And that is fantastic, and that has allowed us to operate our ministries for all of 2021. Some of the things that I would like to really highlight in that number is that for the first time ever with launching our cafe last year, our cafe actually did earn a profit and was able to donate about $525 back to Calvary Cares. So that is excellent, and they've done a great job at the cafe. Another one of the things that I really, really loved seeing this year is that we were able to refinance our mortgage. And that might not sound like an exciting thing to you, but for us, that has made an incredible difference in the amount of money that is going towards principal and us owning our building fully versus just paying interest. So we were able to get that loan down from a 30-year 5.75% mortgage to a 20-year 3.5% percent mortgage. And you'll be able to see the chart in there and see the difference between what we're paying in principal versus what we're paying in interest. And it is remarkable and it has saved the church so much money this year. So this year, the church, with having a little bit of extra income money, we were able to save and not use that on normal expenses. Um, because of this, we were able to take some savings from last year and the little bit extra that we were able to save this year and put it towards some really big projects um, around our facilities. The biggest of those being the family center roof. So you'll see um, the difference between what our profit would have been if we had not done that project and what our uh, spending is after we did that project. So that is where that money went. If you have any questions, feel free to ask. And the preschool itself has also done pretty well this year. Um, they got a number of grants, so they were able to also contribute towards the Family Center roof and a few other major facility projects. And they're going into the new year with a surplus that they're going to be able to do more projects in the future. So this leads me into my favorite spending category of all, and that is Calvary Cares. So with our general tithe number being 631000 we had over... 63,000 tithes into Calvary Cares from our church in general. And then you guys as individuals gave another 98,000 plus into Calvary Cares. So that leads us to 161,000 in income into Calvary Cares. And then we spent 161,000 in Calvary Cares this year to help those in our community and around the world. So we, have an, we had a little bit of money rolling over in from 2020 into 2021, and we have some rolling over from 2021 into 2022, and that is for mostly our project checks that go out at the beginning of February. So that happens every year. And I just want to say thank you again. As the operations pastor here, I get to see how generous you guys really are. And with us through your normal tithe or through your extra commitments to give to Calvary Cares, I get to see the difference that you guys are making in our community and around the world. And, you know, over the last couple of years, we've seen a big switch into many people giving online. And if this is something you're interested in and you want to set that up, you can always do that at connect.calvaryirwin.com and just click on the Give button there. And you can set up reoccurring or however you like best to give. Uh, if you need any more details on that, you can always ask. It's awesome, yeah. Some really awesome things that are happening. And... Uh, 
In the booklet, if you've got one of these, these booklets, uh, you can kind of see some of the high-level overviews, and we're going to kind of dive into a few different things. But uh, some really neat things that you hear, heard there in the video uh, with Calvary Cares, and I love what we've been able to do, some of the projects we've been able to uh, accomplish this past year. One of the neat things uh, you'll see in the booklet um, one of the highlights, it's, there's two pages called Ebenezer. Uh, if you're not familiar, like that's, that word means like the stone of help, like the Lord has brought us thus far. These are the things we celebrate, some really neat things, kind of uh, benchmarks or so to speak. But uh, total, our church, preschool, the change group, Calvary Cares, everything together this last year, our income was just over $1.4 million. That might to you be like, that's not that big of a deal. That's a huge deal. In 2011, um, our total, all of that together, was like 530000 total. So, man, to see what God has done is just remarkable. Uh, so I want to mention a few things here. Uh, Delena, with the church, you want to mention to us uh, kind of what, what took place uh, kind of beginning of last year, uh, all that with the audit. Well, we did an audit of all of our 2020 year spending. So not this previous year, because obviously we just finished those financials recently. So but the previous year, we audited that. And... The great thing is, there is nothing exciting. Yeah, it was Which good. is exactly what you want from an audit, is yeah. nothing exciting. Which is good, very good. Um, also, uh, Delana mentioned in the video, uh, our Calvary Preschool Center has gotten some grants, and we're very fortunate. Uh, Pam Yerkeson, our director, has done an excellent job at uh, securing different grants. Um, this has allowed us to do a number of projects uh, and to tackle some more. We just redid uh, one of our sets of bathrooms in the family center. Uh, we're in process. They're going to be getting all new flooring, carpeting, everything, the whole building. Um, there's a number of projects. We are uh, beginning uh, to take baby steps uh, in the direction of something super exciting that I am pumped about. Um, we haven't fully committed. We're just kind of taking baby steps with our church board and school board to kind of see how things go. But we uh, are in communication with an architect uh, with the hope, if everything goes as planned, that in the fall of 2023, we will open a brand new school building on our property. Um, this new school building will be located in the back, above the back parking lot, which will get paved, and we'll have another entrance, hopefully, on Pennsylvania Avenue there. And uh, that building will allow us to go all the way up to grade four and to house close to 300 kids, which is super exciting. Um, so we are moving slowly in that direction. Uh, the grants that we secured this year are allowing us to kind of start to take baby steps in that direction to make it uh, realistic. And we haven't, as I mentioned, committed to that yet. We're just kind of inching our way. We're just having conversations, initial conversations with the architect and uh, starting to see what that would look like. But uh, if that does happen, that's going to be really exciting for fall of 2023 as we start to to move the school out of the building that shared space with the church. They have their own building. The church, Pastor Ron and Next Gen, can have their own building, the family center, and make that all church exclusive, and we're pumped about that. Uh, one last thing I want to mention with this is the change group. Uh, if you're not familiar with the change group, the change group is really uh, uh, an organization we started to come alongside pastors and churches to help resource them who are walking through church revitalization or struggling churches. And um, uh, oh, oh, for the for last three years, really, Calvary has funded that entirely. This year, we are beginning to get funding and support from other churches as well to help offset that. And we're excited as we have different coaching cohorts we're going through, our conference, and do consulting. So that's been really, really Cool. Um, now, this last uh, six months or so, uh, Delena has been working really hard on a grant for the church specifically. You want to share with us a little bit of that, that grant? Yeah. So we have a grant coming, and the amount has been approved, and it is just a waiting game at this point. Um, we will get it sometime this year, yeah. and when we get those funds here, it's going to kick off a Myriad whole slew of, of things. projects. So we're pretty excited about so it. So Pastor Lane, she's worked so hard on this. Uh, um, we've been able to get a, a grant for over, looks like it's going to be over $200,000 yep. just for the church, which is awesome. It's really exciting. And um, I, I want to share this just real quick. This is so neat. In 2011, going to 2012, um, uh, our board, our leadership made this difficult decision. Uh, we had this real uh, passion and burden to start tithing our income as a church to missions. Now, up to that point, we weren't. So whatever we brought in and people giving and tithing and, and all that, we were functioning bare bones. That's what we were working with. Our income in 2012 was to about $220,000, okay? And um, 
we took this big step, leap of faith, to say, hey, we're going to try to tithe. We can't afford it. We didn't budget it, so we're going to take a month at a time. And month by month, that's what we did. At the end of 2012, our 90% was higher than our 100% the year before. And God was faithful, and, you know, we're off and running. What's so fascinating, 10 years later, is God has said, I am going to honor your faithfulness. I'm not going to just give you back that tithe. I'm going to give you back all that you had budgeted pretty much in 2012 as a grant. And $202,000 is remarkable. And and this is going to allow us to do some really neat things. First of all, we're tithing it. $20,000 straight off the top. We're going to be giving to some local churches, uh, local organizations, and our missionaries. So right off the top, once the grant comes in, uh, we're going to be tithing $20,000. We believe that's a really important principle. Beyond that, we have some cool projects we're going to be able to do. Uh, Where you're sitting right now is going to look different. We're going to be getting new carpet uh, throughout this whole uh, sanctuary. So the red carpet, uh, if you love it, you can show up when we rip it out and you can have some of it. Yep. Take um, it with you. You can put it in your basement, maybe your dining room, um, wherever you like, you can have it all. Um, we're also in the process going to be getting chairs. So the pews that you're sitting on, um, we are going to be getting rid of those and getting chairs. Yeah, take those with you too. So you can take those with you too. If you have a really big truck, Feel free to take it. Um, so those are two of the big, big projects. Also, uh, some of the projects you, Pastor Jason mentioned, the new projectors and screens you see here in the sanctuary, we're part of that. Um, uh, we're going to be redoing the whole kids' entrance. So we, if you have kids and you walked in and checked your kids in, that's, Pastor Ron has a plan. That's going to get redone. We're going to be putting a sound booth, kind of what's kind of a temporary setup. We're going to be kind of building that out a little bit, uh, updating our foyer bathrooms, so doing a little bit of a, a renovation, uh, not major, but a minor renovation in the bathrooms here in the foyer, um, getting a new website, updating some of our parking lot lighting, and the last part uh, of the project, this project, is going to be our 50th anniversary. And uh, we put aside some money for our 50th anniversary out of this that we're going to be celebrating August 27th and 28th. You see it in your booklet if you have that. Um, We're going to be having a banquet at Stratigo's on August 27th, which is a Saturday, uh, a celebration service on the 28th to celebrate our 50th. We're inviting all kinds of people back, former pastors, all of that. It's going to be a really neat celebration uh, at the end of August. Um, so it's going to be really cool. Yeah, and this grant basically allows us to do some of the things that we have not been able to do with our normal operating budget. Yeah. Our, all of our facilities are older than I am. Yeah. So, like, the red carpet is way older than me. So if you really want it, please take it. Yeah. But these are things we have not been able to get to over the life of our church, and yeah. this has just made it possible. So we're really excited. So we're able to do these without touching our general fund uh, account. So that's pretty neat. Now, Delena... Uh, Share with us, we're kind of closing out our Calvary Cares project, so why don't you set kind of that up here? Yeah, so this is the last Sunday of our 2021, I know it's 2022, but last Sunday of our 2021 projects. So if you had any wish to give to these particular projects, this is your last This chance. is it. Today, yeah. is your, today is your day. Um, but we are so excited. You've heard some of the final updates from the projects in the past couple weeks, um, but God has been incredibly faithful um, so our Irwin Parks project, um, obviously if you've been visiting Irwin's Parks, we have not started installing anything. Obviously they have to have all the funds to buy the equipment to install it. And it has to be warm enough. And it has to be warm enough, which it is. It's not warm enough. It is obviously not warm enough today, by That's any means, yeah. to be installing playground equipment. So we will keep you updated as things are installed throughout the spring, summer, and I'm sure we'll celebrate that as yeah. the time comes. But I did want to celebrate one big win, a local business has decided that they would match what you guys raised for the park equipment. So I, I have to tally the final numbers um, this coming week, but what we had promised towards the park was 15,000. I know they're getting more than 35,000. Yeah, which so is awesome. We would yeah. be able to do what's, what's the business? Yeah, um, Cochrane. So number one Cochrane uh, dealerships uh, have matched what we raised all toward Irwin Parks. So yeah. uh, what's neat is we get to be the catalyst for that. Like, we got to initiate that, and then they, they uh, matched it. So that's yeah. pretty cool. And it will just be more things for the kids to play. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's awesome. Uh, so we have one final update, right, today? Yeah, we have an update video from the Hirschbergers um, and everything that they're doing in Northern Ireland. So here's a, their quick update. 
Hey Calvary, we are Tom and Brooke Harshberger and we are your missionaries to Northern Ireland. We've been one of your missions projects for 2021 and we want to give you a final update on what's happening here. Yes, we arrived back in Ireland in October from our fundraising trip where we got to see you guys in person. Yeah. It was so great to be with you this summer. Your project funds have allowed us to purchase some needed equipment for Party Create, our YouTube kids ministry for school assemblies and for a future church plant. Specifically, we were able to purchase production equipment for our videos, allowing us to get more videos and more resources for churches right here in Ireland. Yeah, and you also have provided us with the funds for a sound system that we will be able to bring into schools here in Northern Ireland for assemblies. Back in November, we led a kids camp for brand new missionary kids in Spain. And your funds are helping us do important ministry just like this. In fact, because of opportunities like this, doors have opened and we've been asked to lead the kids camp for the Irish Assemblies of God this spring and to bring direction for the future of kids ministry in this country. Your funds will allow us to do this event and bless our country. Yes, so thank you so, so much, Pastor Delena, Pastor Nick, and everyone at Calvary. God's kingdom is expanding in Ireland thanks to your faithfulness and your giving. So if you'd like to connect with us further and follow our journey more, visit us at tomandbrook.org. So thank you so much for those who have been part of our Calvary Cares campaign. And uh, starting next month, we're going to be introducing all of our new projects. So each week, you get to hear some of those projects. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, we have with us our Connections Pastor, Pastor Michael. This has been your first year as a Connections Pastor. How has it gone? Uh, it's been a f first nine months, uh, so not an actual full 12 months. But uh, I was trying to reflect and just kind of process the last nine months of, of me stepping into full-time ministry June 1st. Um, Two things kind of came to mind is one is that it's been overwhelmingly beautiful. And two, it's kind of on repeat this morning, but God is faithful. Uh, I know I shared on uh, Wrap Up Sunday, uh, kind of my journey to this spot at, at 31 years old. Uh, ever since I was nine years old, I felt that God has called me to something in ministry, whether it's part-time, full-time, just serving in the church. And it's taken 22 years. And through this journey of 22 years, I've kind of, some seasons kind of wrote my own course and uh, abandon God and abandon the church, but through uh, the midst of all of that, God has still been faithful. Like what God has spoken at nine years old, God is faithful. And just to encourage you again this morning, like I did a wrap up Sunday, is if you have something in your heart that God has put in your heart and you firmly, firmly believe that, God is faithful. How have you seen kind of the hand of God at work in your team over the last year? Um, really uh, unique to this season of kind of post pandemic. Um, I believe you touched on it uh, weeks prior, but yeah. uh, this past year we've had uh, 36 uh, unique individuals uh, get connected to a team in serving somewhere in the church, which is pretty awesome. Those are 36 that weren't serving Never anywhere. served before, ever. Um, and even kind of pre-pandemic, kind of pre-2020, 36-ish, uh, about 40 people were our team capacity or team size back then. So to have... Total. Total. To have about 36 new individuals get connected to a team, onboarding to a team, serving. On top of everyone who's already there. On top yeah, of that, yeah. Incredible. Serving people in the church, serving and, and kind of walking through what God has put in their life and just gifts and uh, abilities, which is really, really awesome. What are some exciting things that's hap that have happened this year? Um, kind of the real big one, uh, Pastor Delena touched on it, uh, briefly, but uh, this year in uh, February of 2021, uh, the cafe reopened. Uh, so kind of, again, post-COVID uh, when we came back in, in person. And to the midst of 2020 and to the, even the midst of 2019, um, I just felt God put on my heart to utilize the cafe, utilize the foyer um, to expand his kingdom. There's uh, an incredible opportunity in the floor. There's an incredible opportunity in the cafe with just hospitality, with guest services, with interacting with people through a unique, I call it a unique smell and taste with coffee and teas and, and things of that nature. Uh, but COVID gave us a unique blessing in that it, it kind of put a pause on that for uh, a few months. And we were able to just kind of take a step back and reevaluate some things. And in February 2021, 20, uh, we relaunched the cafe of just asking for a dollar. And a dollar probably seems super simple and kind of mundane and why even ask for a dollar? 
But the heart behind the cafe, the heart behind why we do this is because we want to be a blessing to people around us uh, locally, but also globally. And every dollar that is brought into the cafe is given directly out to Calvary Cares. Pretty and cool. this year, uh, Pastor Lane has mentioned that we gave away $532 from the cafe. That seems super simple, I know. But you buying a coffee or a tea or something in the morning by spending a dollar, you're actually impacting the world around you. So that is why we did it. That is something incredible. That is something very unique to our context that I was super excited about this, this past year. And uh, can I answer your last question? Yeah, yeah. go good. What are you uh, looking forward to? Uh, what I'm looking forward to in 2022 moving forward is uh, through this journey of just kind of with the cafe being opened and uh, again, asking for a dollar selling coffees and teas and, and food and looking to expand that, looking to expand the, the cafe ministry to reach more people in the community. Uh, if you are aware, we have a preschool right across the, the parking lot and the preschool is open Monday through Friday and we are open as a church Monday through Thursday. And uh, I've been kind of praying through uh, processing what God put on my heart is to open the cafe, open our foyer uh, Monday through Thursday throughout the week. Um, I don't know what that looks like yet, uh, but I want to utilize the, the foyer space, the cafe space to be another opportunity, a, another ministry to reach and connect with people here in the 15642 zip code, Westmoreland County, but also in the grand scheme of things. Uh, be a part of Calvary Cares and bless people globally. So if that's something you get excited about, talk to Pastor Michael and uh, as he kind of fleshes out what that looks like, that's going to be pretty cool. So thank you so much, uh, Michael, for, uh, for that. And uh, as we kind of wrap up, yeah, give it up for him today. And uh, as, as we kind of wrap up uh, today, our hope isn't simply to share with you updates, you know, about the logistics and kind of details of our church, but to celebrate the threads of God's redemptive work in so many different areas that you saw today throughout our church. As I mentioned uh, earlier, we are a Purim people, a people of the impossible, people that pray big prayers, that, that believe for big things. Here's my hope for us moving forward. Psalm chapter 78 Verse five, it says, he decreed statutes of, for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds and would keep his commands. As a church, I wanna be an answer to the prayers of the generations that preceded us. I want to fulfill what God put on their hearts when our church was first started. But, but at the same time, I want to pray big, bold prayers. Prayers so big that they can't even be fulfilled in our lifetime. But the generations that follow us get to see the fulfillment of those prayers and step into them. You see, for Esther and Mordecai, what God started in them is still celebrated thousands of years later. That's the beauty of being a Purim people, a people that never give up, never give in, never back down, even in the face of impossibility. In fact, today, uh, in a moment when we leave, we have uh, homendashin, the, the cookies, we have those for you on your way out as kind of a reminder that you can enjoy the cookie, that God still does impossible things in our lives. As we step into this year, we have this strong conviction that the hope that hope here in this community, in our church, is rising. The best days are before us, and God is on the move. God, get ready. This church is going to reach our community. We're going to come alongside struggling pastors to resource them. We're going to help rebuild our county. While, while we are closing out a chapter in our church's history this year, the next chapter, I promise you, is going to be one for the ages. In fact, we're going to write the story of God's wonder across West Mullen County. It's gonna be one that only God can get credit for. Next Sunday, we're kicking off a new series called Writing History. Uh, we're gonna be walking through the minor prophets looking how God partners with us to not simply observe or experience history, but to write history. I can't wait to see what God's gonna do in 2022, the years to come, and I'm so excited to get to do it with you. That this isn't just my deal or our deal, it's all of our deal. We get to do this together. And, and while the last couple years have been a challenge for all of us, we're moving forward together. We're a poor people. Nothing is going to hold us back. 
we are resilient. We're going to rise up and continue to reach our community and region for Christ to help those who are hurting and broken, to see God transform the broken into something beautiful. Before we go today, can you stand with me this morning as we pray? God, I thank you so much for what you are doing. God, I thank you for the opportunity to raise that Ebenezer, to celebrate what you have done in this last year. God, to, to, to rejoice with what you have in store for this upcoming year. God, that you haven't given up on us. You aren't done with us yet. You aren't done with this community or our world. But God, you are using us to be a blessing. Thank you for blessing us so that we can be that blessing. Holy Spirit, work through us, I pray. God, let us never forget that you are working, even when it's unseen. Even when we can't tell or hear, Lord, you are still working. God, let that hope rise within us, shine through us, Lord, to the world that so desperately needs you. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 